Hello, welcome, welcome back. back. <laughs> we hope Thank you've all had a great Christmas season if you celebrate it and a great start to the new year. We're glad to be back. Absolutely. I would like to start today's episode with a question for you, okay. Kaza. <laughs> I would like to know, when is the last time you told a lie? Never in my life. <laughs> cool. Um, do you know what? I don't know about the last time, but I think the funniest time in recent memory would be, I don't know if anyone else does this, but for some reason, when I'm at the hairdressers or at the nail salon or something along those lines, and you know when you're having one of those small talk conversations? I do, yeah, I do. I just have this kind of impulse to sort of fabricate these really interesting things about my life that just simply aren't <laughs> true or that I think like... I don't know. I think last time I went to the hairdressers before the lockdown, obviously, um, I was sat in the hairdresser's chair and she was just chatting to me. And um, I mean, like, she's my regular hairdresser. So she was asking me about uni and everything. And obviously, given the fact that we are in a global pandemic, it hasn't been the best term, to be quite honest. Yeah. There's been a lot of breakdowns, upset, wondering mm-hmm, why I'm paying this mm-hmm. much for a course online. Yeah, sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, and so she was asking me, like, have you had a good time at uni this term? What have been up to? And I just sat there for about five minutes telling her about this, like, fantastic term that I'd had. That I was having <laughs> an amazing time. That it'd been really great to see all my friends and that it was just really fun. And we're just sort of living in central <gasps> London, just having the best yeah, time. Yeah. When actually we just come out of the November month of lockdown, um, basically. Basically didn't leave our room. No, literally not leave our room. <laughs> yeah. All we did is just order food and cry. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, I felt yeah. the need. Sorry, this now just seems like not a very big lie, but it's just I didn't feel like I could be honest about the state yeah. of my life at that point. That's that's interesting. I mean, I, I completely relate to that. I think a lot of people listening probably can. Um, but I guess what you're referring to would be a lie of fabrication. Yeah. And um, you know, like you said, you you didn't feel feel like you could be honest with your mm-hmm. hairdresser, who I'm sure is a lovely person. Oh, if you're listening, is. then <laughs> I apologise for Ken's lying to you. Um, but that's yeah that's really interesting and it it leads nicely on to our subject for today because we've um, obviously been watching a lot of films over Christmas and um, one of them which Kenza actually suggested to me is uh, called The Invention of Lying is that correct? It is is correct yeah Yeah. Um, Yeah. great film I mean I think it is quite well known so a lot of you probably will have watched it and we're just not really telling anything new here but um India actually did watch it and enjoyed it despite <laughs> her being a self-confessed hater of literally all films. So, that's not true, that's fake news. So that there is a lie. lie. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we both watched this film and it kind of just tied in really nicely to this idea we've been having uh, about what it would be like to live in a world where nobody had ever told a lie. Um, and this film did, I think to start with on a bit of a lighter note, or not necessarily, but uh, it kind of brought up the idea that uh, fiction wouldn't exist in a world mm. where nobody could lie. Yeah. And I just think it's one of those things that you don't really consider as a lie, because I think when I think lying has always been seen as kind of a sin and something you should never do. And, and I think, you know, we don't yeah. really think about the fact that things like fiction or just sort of imagination or anything like that would I guess constitute a lie and I don't know like how would that affect your life if there was no fiction gosh I mean I wouldn't even know where to start really Mm. I think I think that fiction and imagination Mm. and exaggeration Mm. fabrication (laughs) are all such fundamental parts to all of our lives when it comes Mm. to you know just 
um, some people's jobs, their work, their livelihood, just for, for pleasure. If you think about the yeah. arts and the industry and, um, you know, it, it's actually, it's so crucial to the way we live as human beings mm. that, like you say, it's perhaps overlooked that it, it is clearly a, um, a sort of a promotion of mm. dishonesty yeah. um but but it's such a um crucial part to our lives which is um which is actually really interesting so I think it just shows how um you know fiction and lying can actually sleep in all the in the cracks mm. if you like um Absolutely. to our lives and I don't know I think it would be I think the world would look in- incredibly different if we didn't have these this great promotion Absolutely. of of um storytelling yeah um, it actually makes me think of um, kind of sort of maybe slightly tenuous link to mm. religion and religious mm. parables and how throughout throughout history, um, you know, people have told stories which um, yeah. with the aim of delivering a message, perhaps mm. a moral message mm. or, a, you know, an ethical message. And if we were to remove the, the storyline mm. to those messages um what 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 would that leave us with would it just leave us with objective truth mm. would it leave us with authority what what do you what would you say to that well i think it's interesting that you bring up uh, religious parables because i think there's actually kind of a lot of broad implications for morality without fiction because i think a lot of religion kind of does base its its kind of teachings and values on these these parables as you say and i think that mm. it would be it would be very interesting to see whether religion would have evolved at all without these kinds of stories, because I think that's what's so compelling for people about religion. It is that yeah. idea that, you know, there are real tangible stories that have preceded uh, somebody kind of subscribing to a religion and that do you produce these values. And I don't know. I mean, do you think that morality would be different? Would it exist at all if we didn't have these kinds of human stories that might not necessarily be true, but they are something that people believe in? I definitely think it leaves morality in a very precarious position because, mm-hmm. you know, either I think I think the problem is with, you know, I think ostensibly most people would say that lying is just a, a fact of life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's seen within fiction mm-hmm. and and it very much depends on on the context and the situation mm-hmm. um, as to whether a lie is permissible or not. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is, you know, as we've just been saying, it leaves morality in a position where we either have to kind of flock to um, more kind of dogmatic scripture Mm. to determine word for word, you know, where a lie is permissible Mm. and where it is not. And then, you know, we kind of get caught up in a a web of this sort of, um, you know, conflicting dogma and, um, you know, dissatisfaction Mm. with with perhaps the the letter of the Mm. law. Or it leaves us in a position where we have to perhaps throw morality out altogether. Yeah. Because if we're saying that, you know, if we're saying that that a lie um, is is in some cases okay, mm. and we can tell a lie, mm. where does that leave other acts? Where does that leave yeah. kind of murder yeah. or genocide or yeah. rape? You know, it's Absolutely. it puts morality in a very fragile position, mm. one which I don't think I'm qualified enough to <laughs> determine where where we go with that but I think it's a very interesting point definitely I mean I think it does lend itself to kind of a broader discussion of whether truth can ever be objective because like you say with the kind of uh conflicting dogmas in society I think that 
whether we can attain objective truth is kind of a recurring pattern at least in recent times and I don't know I mean would you do you think that's kind of where humanity is progressing towards are we trying to kind of obtain these kind of pure objective truths and not kind of give any space to any sort of fabrications or imaginative stories or anything like that oh I mean it's a very very interesting question I would hate to think of a world where you know we are so advanced in (laughs) adverted commas um where we there is no scope for imagination there's no scope Mm. for storytelling Mm. and fairy tales but perhaps that you know that is an argument that has to be made I mean I guess it's it's kind of um contingent on a much wider discussion of Mm. human progression and, Mm. and where humanity is heading but there is definitely an argument to be made for the fact that are we softening um, are we softening humanity mm. to its detriment to the point where we are um, kind of coaxing people into depending on what can only be described as lying mm-hmm. in order to survive and in order mm. to face reality? And I think this kind of lends itself to the discussion on, um, you know, perhaps the progression of lying itself. Mm. And if we if we look back to the state of nature Mm. um you know man versus man and my stick versus your (laughs) stick well you know are are we do we find ourselves in a position there where we're talking about lying for survival in perhaps you know Mm. I lie to you as my Mm. as your neighbor Mm. that my stick is bigger than your stick even if it's not bigger than your stick yeah so I'm you know we enter into some sort of security dilemma situation fast forward you know quite a few years to to present day do we lie to ourselves and to each other to mentally cope mm. more you know do we yeah. is that is that that's a very interesting trajectory to analyze mm. and and you know where we're heading mm. is, is even more kind of um precarious definitely I mean I think it is a, a kind of like you say an age-old sort of security dilemma it's lying as a coping mechanism I think that's probably where I would imagine that lying as a kind of construct emanates from it is some sort of way to kind of shield yourself or to elevate your own beliefs perhaps to the detriment of others and I think we were speaking about this the other day but the kind of idea that as a society we have become disillusioned with the truth as an objective standard Mm -hmm. and with that being said also with the official truth bearers in society so our politicians leaders religious leaders um you name it I mean I think I mean, COVID right now is the kind of perfect breeding ground. I mean, I think we've all Mm -hmm. heard of these crazy conspiracy theories and ideas about the new world order and how the vaccine is something to kind of be suspicious of and everything. And I think everyone has at least some sort of strong opinion on, on even just perhaps the lockdown measures, the restrictions and their implications for freedom and things. I think it's interesting that what I think perhaps a hundred years ago or so it would be seen as perhaps a kind of scientific uh, truth there is a pandemic and this is this is the way it is we're just going to kind of listen to the government and deal with it kind of thing whereas it's it seems that in recent years society has progressed to become so doubting of anything claiming to be objective I don't know yeah I completely agree with that I think that I think it's such an interesting topic and it 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 makes me think that perhaps there's um, some sort of parallel to be drawn between progression and 
access to information mm. and the fact that you know 100 years ago we it, you know it's indisputable that there was not the um, abundance of access yeah. to information that there is mm. nowadays and it, it's interesting to consider the thought that perhaps this um you know extensive access to information is perhaps what causes mm. the disillusionment in the first place perhaps we we find ourselves in a position where despite the fact that we have so much um, description of what's going on mm. in the world and so much access to news mm. and media, we're far more internationalized mm. than we've ever been in the past. Absolutely. We're still in a position where we find ourselves saying, oh, but is that it? Yeah. Is, that, yeah. is, that, is that all there is? Mm. Um, and I think most of us can kind of resonate to that. And especially at the moment, I mean, mm. there's so much, like you say, disillusionment, yeah. there's so much apathy mm -hmm. towards the situation. And I mean, it's such a silly example, but just look at, um, you know, I'm sure that if someone did a study, and I'm sure someone has, of, um, you yeah. know, during the pandemic and mm. the number of people um, accessing Netflix yeah. and films and TV, mm. I'm sure that it, you know, the, the, the record is probably off the charts in comparison. And is that because in a world where, you know, we have so much information, mm. it's almost so overwhelming that we need to delve into the world of, fiction mm. and of conspiracy yes. and perhaps of lying yeah um you know so again and I guess that is comes back to the whole idea of coping yes absolutely I mean I think um as well linking on to what you said I think if we look at kind of the political landscape of recent years I mean I think you know I know everyone talks about Trump and his election and everything but mm. what that stood for um a lot of people have spoken about this but this kind of anti-establishment figure who I think propel the term fake news into the stratosphere. It was just such yeah, a, a buzzword yeah. at that time and of now as well. And I think that it's it's like what you said, I think that this um, overwhelming abundance of information, it can arguably only lead to these kind of polarizing opinions. And maybe, I don't, I don't know really kind of what the wider implication of that is, but it just seems that, like you said, this access to information that has just completely kind of been amplified um, beyond recognition almost recently with I think I guess the rise of technology and just kind of the way we communicate with people I think it's mm. it's just it's interesting and I guess the fact that Trump himself was actually elected um, amidst this kind of changing landscape yeah. of truth is really interesting because I think it gave um, life to this kind of idea that maybe it's not maybe we don't care about the truth we care about perhaps the most kind of compelling version of events and who who we yeah. are kind of a, a charismatic leader or somebody who we feel resonates with who we believe we are telling a particular narrative or spewing some kind of rhetoric and maybe that's what we subscribe to it doesn't really necessarily have to be the truth I don't know but then it's yeah. it's interesting to think whether fake news really does constitute lying because I mean I think it has to stem from somewhere and I think a lot of people who believe in things that maybe we don't they probably do have a genuine conviction that that is their truth and so can we constitute that as lying I don't know I completely agree I think it's I think it's so difficult especially at the moment because there's there's such a uh, um confliction of thoughts mm -hmm. and ideas and I think it it lends itself um automatically to the idea of well how how do we reconcile that and mm -hmm. I think like you say perhaps there is an argument to be made for 
simply just human feeling mm. and human emotions or you know perhaps our, our passions are I think it goes back to the whole argument of um you know uh, reason should never be a slave yeah. to passion and the whole diary it's, it's how we feel mm. and we don't have to reason it and I guess um truth is a kind of uh system of reasoning mm. isn't it because um you know we, we reason why something is the way to justify, why it is yeah, yeah mm. absolutely and perhaps that's just not in fashion at the yeah. moment and I do sometimes think that is I mean it's it's obviously it's laughable but I don't know if you've noticed these mm. days um perhaps our listeners might have <laughs> as well but there seems to be such a um oh yeah I would say a fashion trend mm. as the fashion trend of distrust yeah you know I when I speak to any of my friends about this pandemic mm. I mean you know and I'm, I'm not saying you know they're not abiding by the rules mm. of course they are but internally you can tell that they're they have such reservations yeah. <laughs> about trusting Boris mm. Johnson or um you know the, the chief mm. uh, the medical advisors or Absolutely, anyone yeah. and and that's so interesting and I just think that mainstream media at the moment is um suffering such great backlash it's under attack and it's and and it's not just from the extremes of the the fake news Mm. and the Mm. the q and (laughs) all it's 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 also just from the average me and you when you know you you talk to your nan and your nan doesn't trust what's in the vaccine and I mean I think that's really when I thought (laughs) wow okay gosh um but yeah it's do you think maybe there's something to be said for just truth is just not in fashion at the moment I think that's very interesting I mean I think it kind of goes back to what we said about this kind of uh, general mood of cynicism that we're seeing in society I mean it's yeah. I think it's hard to kind of exactly pinpoint why that is and why there is this sudden distrust but I mean I guess there's I guess the argument that perhaps it's just we have happened to as a, a kind of global society experienced a lot of very um unprecedented events in recent times <laughs> not just the pandemic but I think you know there have been a lot of interesting political results and social movements that have perhaps mm. just kind of gathered in a shorter space of time and that maybe that does naturally lend itself to that kind of cynical mood but then um I know you asked me this the other day but uh in terms of cynicism how do you whether that's something that you think if it is just a trend maybe we'll kind of go back to being more trusting or whether it's something that we need to actively try and kind of resist and combat that, yeah a little and, yeah and, and if so how do we go about doing that I mean would that be something more on a kind of personal individual basis or is it more about kind of group kind of trust of another kind of organization I don't know yeah I mean I I agree I think it's very very difficult to think of um you know or to prescribe a, a mechanism to kind yeah. of overcome this Mm. this doubt I do agree that I think there is you know perhaps alongside this trend of distrust um there's also a trend towards more um community-based um uh, kind of uh, remedies Mm. to to this and I mean been watching so many videos recently Mm. online about you know bringing it back to the community Mm. and small stay Mm. and 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 it does seem to manifest in this distrust for the establishment and this distrust for big governments Mm. and um you know in in that um lack of personal Mm. attachment um so yeah I think perhaps perhaps it could come in 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 that form but it's difficult to tell but it it makes me wonder do you think therefore if we bring it back to the idea of this hypothetical Mm. Um, world where we can't mm. buy do you think that we are safer 
interesting um, society as an international mm. society mm. as a domestic society yeah. if we could not lie or if there was some kind of right. tangible and imminent consequence mm. of lying that's interesting I mean I think one of the first things that comes to mind for me is the implications for crime um and the justice yeah. system I think that lying in in the sense of kind of extreme deception um is something that is so crucial to a lot of crime that we see today and I think that mm-hmm. I mean it would be interesting to think whether in a world where nobody could lie whether the concept of crime would be kind of replicated in would we even have a justice system I mean the point of the justice system is obviously for a jury to try a criminal based on what they say or what the witnesses say and if if nobody could lie then there would be that immediate I guess trust perhaps and maybe that would be regained if we knew that nobody could be telling uh, a lie and I mean also on conversely though maybe it would just mean that people would be a lot more kind of brazen about their actions and claim them more and not be so uh fussed about how it was perceived I don't know yeah I mean I agree I um I just actually before recording this watched a video as a TED talk Hmm. and the person who um conducted it the name has escaped me (laughs) as it always does um but he was actually um arguing for the idea that um if we were to eradicate mm-hmm. lying, it would actually make us, um, you know, less safe mm-hmm. as a society. And that fundamentally we need this concept of what he calls a pro-social lie, okay. um, which is kind of the idea that um, there are certain lies. It's not just a white lie. And I think this is the confusion yeah. because obviously, you know, we all tell these <laughs> little white lies. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I think that's what we... Um, shall uh rename it but these um these pre these sorry pro-social lies which are lies that um protect another person Mm. and I think that's really interesting so it's the idea that um you're telling a lie um perhaps not for your own sake but for the sake Mm. of someone else and I think that's a really interesting um argument and how that would kind of um how that would spread out throughout mm. society. Um, I mean, I think we haven't really talked about the kind of uh, more personal kind of relationship type implications of that. I mean, I don't know exactly mm. what the this uh, pro-social lie was kind of referring to, but I, I mean, I think that this idea of like lying for the sake of others for me kind of implies a obviously a kind of care for somebody else that you're putting before your own needs. And I yeah. mean, whether that would have an implication in in friendships and relationships because I think I mean I think everyone at some point will have not necessarily actively lied but lied by mission to kind of not hurt their friends feelings if they've I don't know I can't think of an example off the top of my head but if they've heard something they know would upset their friend and just chosen not to tell them just for their own sake and then I guess um whether that would have kind of a butterfly ripple effect up into more kind of wider considerations I mean I think if it goes back to the security dilemma states and their leaders must at some point have to for the sake of their own country and to protect their citizens tell some sort of lies to another state and its leader I I don't know there's interesting implications yeah I I agree I think it does scale Mm. upwards doesn't it and perhaps I mean I think you know the 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 person that was taking this TED talk was talking about um you know especially about should we encourage children Mm. to lie because um, you know, at the moment in 
I'm sure you know primary mm. education it, it's you know one of the, the basic <laughs> rules do not lie yeah. you should never lie but is that too oversimplified mm. and I guess the pro-social lie mm. would say that it, it is it's too black mm. and white and that actually there needs to be um, a recognition uh, that within society mm. and within life there is going to be some yeah. scope for lying um however small or however limited mm. but then I guess that leads us back to the original point of where does that mm. leave morality it leaves it in a yes. very gray fragile vulnerable position um Absolutely. and it and it it also this kind of reminds me of the that age-old uh hypothetical situation of where you've got the the axe murderer at your door yeah. and you're hiding the victim in the basement and if the, mm. if the murderer yeah. you know asks you have you seen yeah bob or whoever it is in the basement mm. and what what do you say do you mm. say yes do you yeah. say no do you not say anything um and i think that's really interesting yeah. because i guess if you were arguing in favor of pro-social lie mm. then mm. in order to save someone else then you would of course lie to the axe murderer Mm, um absolutely. but yeah like I said that leaves in a very very vulnerable <laughs> yeah, position <laughs> absolutely I mean I think then to kind of wrap it all up I mean I think clearly the implications of a world where nobody could or did lie I mean I think that it does range from things that we consider kind of less earth shattering I mean I would still consider it they do but the kind of lack of fiction imagination to these kind of yeah. much wider considerations of religion and morality and where that would leave us as a an international society and I think I mean I guess to finish off what would what do you think would be the kind of most important um ramification of a world where nobody lied wow that is quite a question to end on I think aside from the inevitability of the universe completely shattering um (laughs) I think for me it would have to be the total destruction of human personal relations I think Mm -hmm. that if we all were unable to tell even a teeny tiny lie every now and then Mm -hmm. then I think we'd all be very lonely and the world would be a very miserable place um and also of course your hairdresser would be (laughs) absolutely worried sick all the time she she would have had an awful Christmas because all she'd be thinking about is your daily meltdowns and your you're having You make an excellent point. Well, I completely agree. I think we do have to obviously think about the personal level, perhaps more sometimes than these really overarching questions, because that is what affects us most at the end of the day. But we would love to hear what all of you think. So if you'd like to reach out to us, then you can find us at the Hypo Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. Bye.